Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official Untapped podcast. Your inside look into what's happening in the Untapped community and the world of beer. I'm John, and we're going back to our roots on this episode. We've got two amazing beers that have been gifted to us from two great friends. We're going to talk about kind of editorialized rating beer on Untapped and the reason that's important, at least to me. And we'll cover some pretty cool badges coming up as well. Um, so pretty excited to get rolling on this one. And I'm Harrison, and other than a rogue piece of pumpkin waffle I found in my shoe this morning, I'm pretty sure I've exercised the pumpkin out of my house for now. So today we move on to bigger things like stouts and sours. But first, Drinking Socially is released every other Wednesday morning. It can be found at podcast.untap.com. Or wherever you listen to podcasts. Huzzah. Uh, now, getting into the, the, I almost said getting into the meat of this episode, mm. but really it's the beer of this <laughs> episode. Right. Um, Liquid meat, be, man. be a better pun if we were drinking meads, but. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, we've got one uh, from Lenny Boy Brewing. Harrison's going to kind of talk through yeah. the details as I put it into cups. Let's do it. They're going to open this guy up, and I'm sure it'll be excited to join. As, maybe not as excited as last last week, but. It can't all be can't every day go to a Gallagher concert. So we're uh, we're enjoying today's Seduction Series 1 from Lenny Boy Brewing uh, out of Charlotte. It is categorized as a sour on a tab at 7% ABV. And it's from uh, Lenny Boy. They let us know that this is a unique rye blonde ale. Cool. It was aged in Corbin Cameron wi- red wine barrels on fresh blueberries for over eight months, uh, which is cool as heck. And um, pumped to be drinking it, so pouring it out right now. I wish I knew more about Corbin Cameron wine barrels um, or Let's Corbin Cameron wine. Um, I'd imagine that's sort of important to this. Perhaps a little bit, particular yeah. Particular beer. I'm, They're a California vineyard, so right. Lenny Boy's from Carolina, so. Right. Maybe there's a connection. I don't understand. It could be. I mean, you can, a lot of the times you just get, like, there are companies, just cooperage companies that travel, their job is to travel the country to get wine barrels and bourbon barrels and whiskey barrels. And they, you can go on as a brewery to your local cooperage reseller and see what they have in stock. And so someone's actually going out and, I mean, there could be a connection, but also not surprised. Most of the red wine barrels we got were from California, just from the, I think it was Northeast Cooperage or something. They're pretty big. Uh, we worked with all the time. So, yeah, but a lot of the times you don't even get to know uh, when you're it's dealing just, with it's just a wine it's barrel. A wine barrel. So it's cool that we do know where it came from. Um, and, you know, from the description from, uh, from Lenny Boy about Suction Series 1 is this is a wild ale that brings aromas of sour berries with hints of earthen softness. Taste carries an upfront tartness. That sparks your tongue with a smooth yet crisp aftertaste that leaves your mouth feeling dry and craving another sip, which I do like my sour beers juicy but also dry, which we'll talk about as we enjoy this, I'm sure. And a pretty cool note about this beer, it won uh, the 2019 NC Brewers Cup Silver Medal in the Brett Mix and Wild Ale category. So really cool to have, you know, something that's been recognized by um yeah, it's peers as being a really solid example of this style of beer, which is a huge, 
category, huge style category itself. That's that's awesome. So just this year, mm-hmm. right? Um, at the right. Brewers Cup competition for North Carolina. Um, one question I always uh, want to ask: uh, They mentioned that so this was aged for eight months mm-hmm. in these Corbin Cameron wine barrels, right? Over fresh blueberries. Yep. Do you, Harrison, with brewing experience, do you? Is there a discernible difference in taste that comes from using fresh blueberries versus a different sort of blueberry adjunct? Is it more problematic, or is there is there a, is there a big reason to push for fresh? Yeah, you'll probably get more complex. You know, if you're what we would do uh, with blueberries specifically, uh, or any berry fruit, you know, um, we would crush them up whole berries and crush them first, kind of like you were almost making a wine. At least break them open a bit, so um, you're getting kind of the meat of the berry. Yeah, there it is. There it is again. It's the word of the podcast. Uh, And then, um, (laughs) and then the skin, which obviously adds flavor and color as we're looking at this this is kind of like a I, I would i'm getting like little bits of like a nice orangey purple or so there's some reds in there anyway so you're getting more more of the blueberry when you use fresh ones and yeah i mean i i don't know why you would even use something that was canned or you know what have you that's maybe canned in water or canned in oil or canned in sugar water or whatever that could add more adjuncts and other things to it yeah fresh berries seem to be the way to go i can agree uh, with my, you absolutely right in personally i'm excited about that yeah but it looks great it looks it looks i agree the color mm. is i mean it almost uh, i'm gonna say rosé again um is a is a blanket for like a semi-opaque dark pink if that's a color dark right. pink right. orange yes yeah, now i'm trying to be crayola and i'm failing miserably <laughs> right um, but it's not a typical color, I guess. Maybe for a sour beer, but not. I can't compare it to an amber or an Oktoberfest. Yeah, and there's tons of color, tons of vegetation. Well, you know, not vegetation this time. Fruit in this beer. I mean, that's always the challenge when you're transferring out of a bunch of barrels is to not suck too much fruit out when you do that into the finished product, whether that's kegs or bottles or cans or whatever it may be. Um, so these are rarely, you know, clean and clear looking beers, um, when they're sitting in barrels and now you don't want that. I mean, a lot of the flavor comes from the stuff that's in the barrel I mean, and in the bottle, it goes into the barrel or into the bottle or what, you know, bottle to barrel, barrel to bottle. Advancing from my <laughs> intro days of beer where it was all clear and really cold, I've grown, I don't mind a little bit of settlement in mm-hmm. my beer. Sure. I don't even mind if it finds its way to my glass. I think this taste after the first sip, this tastes beautiful. This yeah. is uh, so not overpowering at all. It doesn't taste of fresh blueberries, of course, after sitting around for eight months. Right, exactly. But, They're not fresh anymore, but that's fine. Like that's what you and it's hundred um, uh, percent natural carbonation, which you get a lot from these beers too, which gives it a nice body. Um, in this case, gives it nice head, cool lacing. Obviously, when you're dealing with a wooden barrel that is kind of more porous than a steel bright tank, with a clean beer, a beer that's not been aged in a barrel will go into, you're not going to be able to really carbonate it before you bottle it unless you put it in a bright tank for a bit and force carbon. But most breweries these days don't do that. They just go right from the barrels to, to actually, we'll put it into a fermenter and mix it with some new sugar or new wort, fresh wort, 
to reactivate some of the yeast in there and then bottle it. Um, and that is one other sugar or fresh wort is what they use to do this to uh, recarb it in the bottle. And that gives it nice, but also that's again, so this has not been like dropped out, cleared up at all, uh, like you would see in a what we call a clean beer or something that has been um, cold crashed for a while to help a lot of those particulates leave the beer and you can get rid of them before you bottle it which again i don't i want this style of beer to be like this have some some turbidity to it um because i think you you filter this and you take away a lot of the nuance um and that's pretty standard across this style across all breweries i've enjoyed it from in the states anyway and speaking of bottle, uh, Lenny Boys used a really cool. I think it's getting rarer and rarer to find. I see a lot more breweries canning, mm-hmm. which I'm really thankful for. Mm-hmm. It's easier to transport and sure. drink on the beach. But uh, this particular bottle is beautiful. It's like yeah, a, it's, like it's matte, matte black. Finish, right? I'd assume to prevent light from so getting cool. through and to make it look really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. I did. I wanted. Yeah, I'm glad we mentioned that. This is like the perfect bottle. It, there's no light that's ever going to get in here. Um, the whole bottle's yeah painted matte, kind of this matte black, almost like waxy-ish finish or so. I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah. And Lenny Boy cans, and also they bottle the, the their kind of suction series. I think a few more beers of theirs, but I really like everything I've had from them. Um, but this is the first one of their barrel aged sours I've enjoyed, and it, it is great. A lot of the time, it's like the the enemy here is that acetic acid that kind of vinegary apple cider vinegar flavor you can get when you're making sour beers that's always like the thing you don't want too much of like a good amount of it is what gives you that tartness uh, most of the time um, when you're dealing with sour beers this is a perfect example of it being there and then it really to me it does finish like tons of berry notes and they're kind of the Tartness is definitely what leads the way, and it almost like disappears right into just like a just the essence of blueberry, if you will. And the fact that this is built on a rye blonde ale is pretty impressive too. For how, how dark it is, that just kind of tells you how much either red wine and the blueberries are adding to the color here um, of this beer. It really is kind. Of, it's like a thickish amber thing with lots of different orangey red hues in it. It's really cool looking, but it smells and tastes great. I'm pumped we got it. And brought to us by our favorite photographer, yeah. old Chandler Chandler Hatch. Uh, shout out to Chandler. Chandler um, works at Untapped. Uh, I guess we could call him an amateur, although maybe he's a even professional photographer. Uh, he's a pro. He's outstandingly gifted. He's a pro. And he met with the team at Lenny Boy. And I remember when he brought this bottle mm-hmm. back, he was really excited to share this with us. And I'm really grateful uh, Lenny Boy is based out of Charlotte in North Carolina. Um, I would argue they're, they've built a culture with their beer in their mm-hmm. tap room. They do. I know they they make kombucha there. Uh, you'll frequently find them at the tap room, whether there's music playing or trivia night. I know they do some, I think, like 5Ks, and they're into mm-hmm. fitness as well. They're, they're everything that I'm not. 
<laughs> um, but but uh, really great uh, brewery, and I think more so uh, in terms of reaching out to the community. Uh, they built something that people can really kind of enjoy there for, from any facet of where they come from, mm-hmm. whether it's just a simple trivia night or if you want to continue being in shape, yes, they'll help you with that. <laughs> um, and most importantly for this podcast, they've built this outstanding uh, rye, blonde, fresh berry, eight-month red wine barrel-aged experiment Ooh. for Harrison and I to take part in, and yes. it's delicious. Yep, I'm loving it. They also have some pretty cool other beers. I really like Send It, which is one of their American uh, IPAs. And they also brew a beer called Life in the South, which is like an American light lager that they put grits in the mash. Nice. I was assuming it was going to be a sweet tea and cheese beer. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It it probably goes well with sweet tea and cheese or biscuits or whatever. Like grits in the mash. Grits right in the mash. That's great. Yeah. But still light. Like light drinkable beer. Oh yeah, like yeah, like a corn. Yeah, so instead of like a cream ale that uses like flight corn or whatever, this is, they're just putting grits in there, um, which is yeah, which is fantastic. And yeah, it's um, uh, it's pretty cool. I bet you it's probably a thick mash to mess with. Although it comes in at about four and a half percent ABV, so probably not a huge mash. Because um, I know corn, I've used corn in the past, and it's kind of like stirring cement. And it could um, almost be an Italian ale if they called mm, it polenta instead. Mm. Uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> let me the imperial version or something a, yeah. a limited release there's plenty to life there. in sicily right <laughs> see there's, oh man i love it and then citrophilia is their kind of most well-known ipa which is one i always go to see i'm pumped that but so i really only have their clean beer it's cool to jump into the uh the sour side and now and i have just more questions about you know i want to i've not been out there yet but to kind of see their operations see how they're handling these beers so this is I mean, this is as complex and as you know as good as it gets, really. In, in my opinion, when it, what I look for in a beer like this, this is this is it. Yeah, I can understand the silver. I'd I'd like to meet the gold, right? Um, because this Must is been close. Um, this this is incredible. There's I, I say this often. There's nothing wrong with this beer, and that's might not sound like it, but that's kind of one of the best compliments I ever hand out. Sure. Um, it hasn't been. There's about. In fact, 200 total check-ins at the time Harrison and I are drinking this. Yeah. I can't imagine it saw a lot of distribution. Um, yeah, but I don't see much. If, if this is a beer uh, that you ever happen to come across, I would certainly uh, invite you. If you trust us, if you like, <laughs> if you like any form of sour beer, this one, this one ought to impress. Yeah, absolutely. Um, be, again, recommended for how balanced it is and, uh, would be curious to again these beers you can sit in them for a while it's it's bottle conditioned it's going to kind of keep changing over time um that's another thing i, I know we've spoken about kind of throughout a few episodes what to look for in barrel age or beers you want to age yourself in your cellar and if it is bottle conditioned that's usually a good place to start um you know that'll it'll just kind of keep shelf still for a bit yeah depending on style usually a bit longer than something that maybe isn't, although there are other factors there. But it's you know going to change over time, absolutely. Um, so you're drinking this now, drinking it in six months, in a year, it's going to be a different um, beer each time, which is another reason why I really like this style. It just uh, it keeps keeps changing. You can never step in the same river twice, as they say. And that's the, that's that's the case with <laughs> Sounds these like beers. I'm going fishing. You can fall, you. In, fall off the same side of a boat more than once, so I'll tell you that. 
Looking through, I'm I'm looking through some of the beers on Lenny Boy's brewery page on Untapped. Um, just kind of a quick one-on-one. If you're new to Untapped, you've got a beer page, which is where your check-ins kind of come from. If you're checking into a specific beer and a brewery page, which is kind of like the the file cabinet where mm-hmm. for Lenny Boy, all the beers that they've ever had checked in exists on that brewery page. Yeah. So I've jumped over there and I'm kind of digging through their beers they have. I think it's 327 mm-hmm. listed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's quite a catalog. One of them that jumped out at me was Life in the South with Watermelon. Uh, I have Ooh. to assume there's only been four check-ins, so that was probably a, a quick, I don't know. Uh, cask, like maybe. One off, maybe a cask. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe it was just an untapped user that was eating watermelon with that beer. <laughs> um, not a lot, but I do see there's been some uh, some sours that not a lot of check-ins. I really hope they pursue this. There's a, uh, what did I see, sour smoothie, an apricot jam yeah, sour yeah, that, that got good. a couple of check-ins. That sounds of, yeah, great. a lot of them, yeah. Uh, huh. Looks like a lot of kettle sours, which mm-hmm. honestly I feel like uh, that should be something that most anybody, I mean, most anybody that lives near near a football team this is unresearched <laughs> but but i'm willing to bet if you live near any major sporting stadium worldwide um you're going to be able to find a brewery that's kettle souring something that's again that's an unresearched opinion but i feel like the the kettle sours are something that's approachable enough for a brewery and harrison might shut me down but oh yeah um, that's kind of an easy way to get into uh, the I don't know, the fun. Uh, yeah, it's just quick profiles yep. of, a, of, an, of souring something yep. a, a little easier than waiting twelve months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a yeah production method to quickly sour um, a beer, like you know Gozes and Berliners and things like that. Pretty, uh, pretty. Yeah, we did a couple kettle sours that were. It was a longer brew day, but like like you said, it, you're not like. Uh, waiting many months for these bugs to do what they need to. You can kind of get lactobacillus happening uh, and lactic acid happening much quicker. Cool. Yeah. But this is, I'm loving it. I'm digging it. Um, I wish we had more so we could sit on it and try it later, but you know. Always the curse. Such is life. Uh, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Um, So, I'm really excited to introduce this next beer, um, which is going to be. I, I've been, um, I've, I've been re- Mike, when <laughs> we uh, had Mike from Session Beer, right. uh, he actually mentioned this as one mm-hmm. of the first kind of favorite beers that came to mind uh, when we were talking with Mike. So I'm going to get ready to crack open this one here from Burial. Yeah. It is called and if you're familiar with burial you won't be surprised by this the name of this beer is (laughs) i'm actually feeling like all is right with the world and none of this matters a shorter one than usual that's the name (laughs) of the beer made by burial they actually collabed with other half brewing to put this one together and it's a 15 percent stout so um yeah Yeah. (laughs) here's what we're doing not slowing down tonight. Pedal to the metal. Hot diggity dog. All right, cool, John. So tell us a little bit about this beer while I uh, I pour it for us to enjoy. So um, all, all disclosures uh, out in the <laughs> open, all disclosures disclosed. I have tasted this beer before. Da-da. Oh, wow. Um, 
<laughs> and Harrison just opened the bottle and he's already it's, grinning it's like, it's right July, like it's July 4th on Christmas. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so this beer, I think Burial, Burials has started to find their way around most of the East Coast. Uh, they've been in some worldwide festival events. This is a collaboration with Other Half. To my knowledge, this was bottled and only released in their Raleigh and Asheville, North Carolina locations. Um, we were fortunate enough to have uh, one of the guys that works here at Untapped. Thank you, Cody. Yes. One of the guys that works here at Untapped uh, was drove out to mm. Raleigh and waited a line and scored a bottle of this. And I believe he actually had some help w- from a gentleman named Rob Brink. Rob, if you're mm-hmm. listening, you're also amazing. This beer, I was I was telling Harrison before the show, like I don't really have words to describe this beer. It's maybe the mm. best beer, if not stout, that I that at least Ooh. that comes to mind. Yeah. So the story goes. Uh, Again, if you're familiar with Burial, the initial description reads, Lurker of other people's walls, rider of past pro tales, enjoyer of the walk ahead, imbiber of the only, the finest beans, unparalleled eating partner, Mm. old man, smart man, a tribute to the man behind the curtain. I'm actually feeling like all is right with the world and none of this matters. A monstrous collab with their friends at Other Half Brewing, inspired by a love for Southern delicacies. Uh. This gigantic imperial stout, aged upon heaps of roasted pecans or pecans, (laughs) Vietnamese cinnamon, maple and golden syrups, and Madagascar vanilla beans. They remark that this is an insanely well-balanced alcohol and sweetness meat, bright, dark, bright, dark caramel. Mm. That's contradicting, but um, baking spice and praline in this sipper, which Ooh. is an accurate description. Warning us. Um, if whiskey and pecan pie were a beer, it would be here right in front this. of us in this uh, beautiful tulip. It's, it's more translucent than i would expect for as mm. dark and beautiful as this beer tastes i'm really excited to try it again uh thanks so much for helping us get a bottle of this cody and rob uh yeah. cheers to you harrison i'm excited cheers, to see your John. face on Here this we one go. it looks amazing oh oh it smells it smells uh, like what? all the descriptors that uh, burials provided in their Man. initial bit of yeah, prose. There's a ton of like, it's, I get, ooh, I want to, I want to sit on this nose for a moment, John. It smells like, um, I guess the, I get the pecan and then like vanilla. It's pecan. Pecan. <laughs> the pecan Sandies. It's <laughs> Danny DeVito's pecan Sandies. Always funny would say, right? The pecan Sandies got walked off the stage. Um, huh. Uh, this smells beautiful. Wow. Like it smells like a magic book from the Lord of the Rings universe. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. Right. Something, some elf has hidden, passed down for a thousand years. Whoa. Oh God. And there's the taste. Oh my waffle. <laughs> <laughs> excuse my, uh, we'll have to see if we can insert a my elvish there. there. <laughs> um, my, the, uh, God, it tastes like a it tastes like a it tastes like a waffle. It tastes like a fancy, like the fanciest. You're on the top of a Swiss Alp and you're finishing your day 
a prey ski with a fancy waffle. A prey ski. That someone after skiing. Sure, that someone brought out to you on a silver platter on roller skates. This is uh I did not expect that much <laughs> maple. It scared the something out of me. There, <laughs> there was a discernible success uh, with this beer. Wow. That is like if if you did go skiing in the Swiss Alps and you had to write a letter home to your family that wasn't able to come with you and you wanted right. to mention the amazing waffles. Right. I don't remember where I was going. Yeah, sure. But you could just spill this beer on a piece of paper you, and send you would, it to them. You would talk about the waffles you had on this vacation for the next 40 years of your life. That is right. That is the memorableness in this right. beer. Right, Which I regret that not everyone in the world will get. This is the beer that makes me want to share beer with people. This is impressive. It's impressive because it smells great. But when you, like, I get the nose and the mouth and the taste are completely different, which is so, like, it is like magic, John. It, it upon first sip, it's not, it's not hot. It's not, not at all. That's a good point, too. It's not, That's it's amazing. 15%, and it's not, it doesn't come at you aggressively. Lurker on the walls, well described. That's, uh, yeah, that's how I, I feel like I'm being watched by a magical cinnamon man right now. And it's, <laughs> it's very interesting. Cinnamon's one of those spices that you know you talk about like a hot toddy or whatever like it's, it does well with alcohol like more booze and it can sometimes hide some of that heat and i get the cinnamon right at the end but it's not overpowering at all it's amazing how layered it is in there with like the vanilla bean the syrup after it opened up a little bit the second or so sip it's i'm getting more like chocolate cake cinnamon maple a little bit of that but that first sip really <laughs> really <good. laughs> that there's such there's such a story that i think happens when you first sip that beer you know we list the ingredient the adjuncts right cinnamon maple yeah um, but the it uh, on so many beers that I love, there's been two or three. At you put coconut <laughs> in a stout, and I'm buying it. Sure. That's a rule that I have. Sure, this this beer as well. <laughs> there's some cinnamon's really exciting. Maple is a flavor that I love. Right, golden syrups is kind of vague, but I assume I uh, like okay, we're we're adding a little bit of extra sweetness, perhaps mm -hmm. in a culinary world. Golden syrups is just a really exciting light flavored caramel. Right. Um, in this particular instance, the vanilla beans, the cinnamon, and the maple all come together in some sort of like beautiful sticky toffee pudding. Right, right. Uh, where I can, not only can I taste them, but each one kind of tells its story as I enjoy this beer. Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, you look at the list of ingredients and these are just the adjuncts and other things, not to mention all the specialty malts that are in here and... And all that other stuff we're not even talking about right now. Uh, you think you look at it and you think this is just going. This could be a big mess of a bunch of weird flavors that kind of work together, and something's going to have an overpowering note. And nope, it's all uh, sits very nicely in kind of layers you can enjoy, like uh, 
Dante moving through the inferno, <laughs> <laughs> getting closer and closer to that uh, that unparalleled eating partner sitting at the the lake at the bottom of the ah. Oh, there was a woman there. that Dante was chasing, and this isn't the podcast to figure it out. No, her name. Everybody uh, is trying to find her sure. name right now. That's one of my favorite books. Is a love story. Is it Sophia? It's something like it's not. If it's not Sophia, it ends in a yeah. It's like. Yeah, we'll keep drinking. She may show up, but Dante and Virgil. That's right. But it's just for uh, yeah. It's for his. It's just a love story. That's it. He just. Couldn't. I think it's not a love story, but maybe. But it is. I okay. mean, that's what gets them yes. through is getting to the other True. side to find her because he couldn't make it through the woods because of all the beasts that were there. So he decided to go uh, through the earth. To the to purgatory on the other side. The, Virgil was helping. There were layers yeah, Virgil, upon layers. It was a great, was uh, great. tragic, epic. Well, it's considered poem. a comedy, but by those standards, it's either you're right, you're right, it's a comedy or it's not. I feel like if like, Burial listens to this podcast, they may not mind that we're talking trying about to talk about Dante's Inferno, Inferno sure, while sure, drinking yeah, this why beer. Not? Um, this is just, I, I mean, Okay, usually I can wax poetic on a beer, and I and, and this was only released, I think, 250 or maybe 500 bottles of this beer yeah. were ever released. Um, so, man, I don't even, I, I feel bad uh, romanticizing this beer because there's not right. enough of it. It won't exist. Um, yeah, right. This is this this is a beer that if uh, one time I spent. Fifty dollars uh, on a on a tiny little stout, mm-hmm. and I remember getting a little bit of shame or trouble or having to really rationalize that fifty dollar purchase for a tiny little beer. Mm-hmm. And I shared it with my wife, and she said, "Oh, this is really good. Can you put fifty dollars of liquid in a little bottle?" Probably no, right? Um, but this is one where if you ever have the opportunity through any means to find it and you enjoy beer or food or life, that's this one has my glowing recommendation. If you get it and you have buyer's remorse, offer it to me and I will buy it right, right. out of your hands. Right. Yeah, don't worry about that. You've got buyers over here. Her name is Beatrice. For those ah, who are, don't Beatrice. have their, driving to work right now, angrily wishing they could Google. <laughs> Google. I know this is why. I also remember freshman, you know, lit <laughs> class, but don't remember her name. Um, anyway, that's one of my favorite books. We can, that's another podcast. You're right, John. But um, and back to the back to the beer here. Burial sent us on. Probably you're right. Probably they'd love that we were talking about this. Um, a nice little tangent here. But yeah, you know, I've had a lot of stouts, brewed a lot of stouts. This is definitely going to be one of the most Merrill ones it's gonna probably jump right into my top five if not i just it's you know in the same way that like a hellas lager is impressive when it's good because there's nothing there it's also almost as impressive um to have a lot to juggle and to put everything in its right place when you're dealing with adjuncts and spices and simply syrups and all these things you got to kind of calculate how this is going to change the final product and the i'm assuming this is the first and probably only time they brew this beer so like just doing it and then making a lot of it well only 500 bottles but you know enough of it to get it out there to distribution a little bit um and have it be this good it is impressive Liquid cinnamon rolls. That was a that sure. was a, a, a untapped review that yeah. I would say is pretty accurate. 
Um, another guy who's checked this in recently, Mark, says, I'm bumping this one up to 475 on the second time around. He's drank mm. it twice, Mark. You are one of the luckiest wow, people Mark. in the world. Um, wow. Taste and texture are on point. I think texture... Uh, mouthfeel yeah. that's something that i often kind of forget to think about uh, it's one of those things right when a beer has good texture or mouthfeel like you don't really notice it there's just something right a, a little extra magic that's happening in mm-hmm. that beer you notice it when it's gone you notice it when it's there but maybe not so much that you say oh the mouthfeel on this is great. like you might not get so into detail but i think uh, a beer that I would compare this to in texture and satisfaction is Dogfish has worldwide style. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It's just it's it's balanced, it's enjoyable, it's not missing anything, mm-hmm. but it's not like when you know when you eat that that mashed potatoes and there's just something missing from them. Whether I don't know why I'm comparing this to mashed potatoes, why not? but. Sure. Almost Thanksgiving. It's um, good. It's coming up. <laughs> um, you've had mashed potatoes that were memorable, and you've had mashed potatoes that right. were just mashed potatoes. Right. They're both good, but right. one so of them, right. there's been one or two where you just say, oh, those oh, are the ones. Right. The gorgonzola and the garlic with the French butter. Handfuls of sour cream, <laughs> more than potatoes. <laughs> You're just lost in a starchy dream of sleep and football. <laughs> this beer may be fermented maple syrup. We don't know and we don't care. Right. But it's, it's great. delicious. You're right. Even the mouthfeel, it's not like heavy. It's not a thick engine oil type of deal. Like it's very drinkable. I'm having to like... Stop myself, (laughs) John, because I want to go back again and see minute by minute it's changing kind of what it's doing, um, which is also impressive. But you can see the just the legs on this beer running, running down the glass. You could pour this beer over pancakes and become a top chef. Just like that. That's what it Even if the pancake wasn't the ingredient and you just you left like the wild (laughs) yams you were supposed to use on the table uncooked next to it, you'd still win. Here is an unpeeled wild yam, bisquick mashed potatoes, (laughs) nope, pancakes, son of a gun. And uh, poured some beer on top of it. Uh, Great. I'll see you in round two. Exactly right. You have your own restaurant now. Here's a million dollars. Oh, top chef. But yeah, no, I agree. It's a game changer. It is a game changer. It's, you know, and obviously John, John was hyping it up and it's clearly by my initial reaction, which we was, was real and caught here today. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it definitely, um, it definitely made a boom meteor, meteoric impression on me from first sip, but really love the nose too. These beers are so fun, you know, um, obviously you can't drink an Imperial stout, certainly a, a 50% one every night. That would be a problem. Um, for many or reasons, economic, right. I was going to say exactly. Only many, had many one things. beer. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> good. Overdrawn again. Um, but, uh, it is fun to sit here and really dig into it. Knowing that literally as you drink it, as it warms up, as it opens up, it's all going to change. It's, uh, it is, I've got, there's like a wizard's beard forming in the bottom of this right now with the, all the head that's left. I'm having a blast over here, John. This is I'm, a, I'm just watching you <laughs> drink this beer in with your eyes. Deeper and deeper. It, it re- I mean, beer in my younger years was a vehicle to be social, right? It helped right. me talk to the girl that was out of my league um, or, or maybe just pretend like I could talk to her. Right. Um, it helps me her. make friends. It helps me become better at 
ping pong or whatever version right. of pong you might have been playing. Sure. Um, you know, then it kind of uh, uh, grew into this thing where now instead of going out and drinking beer, I would still drink beer and kind of like uh, help get through the day. That's not the right way to say it. <laughs> nope. Enjoy never mind. the night. Help enjoy the, the successes <laughs> the of my Willis day. movie you're watching. Yeah. Um, and and now beer kind of becomes this adventure, but this particular one is, is proof that beer in and in itself can be a bottle of art and science mixed together. Right. Um, and it can taste really good. Yeah. This would almost be a shame to drink alone, you know, in your apartment because no one would be able to see your face when you drink it and talk about it. This is definitely a great one to be shared. You're right. This is a great example of all things that are good with sharing beers with other people. This thing is wild. Now it's like it's I'm getting like a ton of that was that waffle crisp? Was that the say the 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 cereal back in the day? Uh, Eggos? Well, no, Eggos wa- the, no. Well, the waffle. Waffles, wa- no. It was called. It was like the same makers of the French toast, not cinnamon toast crunch, but like the little mini French toast cereal. Maybe they made it anyway. I'm thinking matter. of Stroop waffles. Um, sure. So yeah, Nether- the Netherlands' favorite cookie. My favorite cookie as well. <laughs> Thank God for the Netherlands. That that changed mm. the way coffee breakfast changed same my deal. life. It's that idea covered in milk, but this one. Um, yeah, I'm getting like a the waffle is here, but it's different now. Hmm. Man, there's certain beers that I'll just remember forever, and this is my mm. opre ski beer. This is it in the Alps when you've made it, and you you've got the Bond girl next to you, and you've beaten the bad guy and pushed his cat down the other side of the mountain and stolen his jet ski and some weird. <laughs> <laughs> His weird hairless cat's gone. We've we all seen that. We didn't background check Harrison. We, we just knew he was a pretty right. good guy. Uh, <laughs> right. A, a double life as a British secret agent. Right. You've been fired. You're drinking too much on the job. Yeah. Too much. But it's delicious. That other guy was drinking martinis. That just drank vodka. Double <laughs> uh, O Harrison. Where will we find you next? Pushing cats around mountains. <laughs> Throwing mm. fires into the fireplace. That's right. Someone's got to do it. Uh, uh, moving wonderful. on from let's that awkward let's, segment. Let's jump let's, on in let's there. Let's talk about our sponsor for this oh, episode. Let's do it. The greatest so, of greats. Uh, Untapped sponsors every one of our shows because this is the Untapped podcast. And Untapped has a official store. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, there's a, a, I know the people that work there. Um, I'm going to send a, a subtle shout out to Robert who may never listen to this podcast, but, um, Robert was talking to me. They're working on getting the TQ glasses. I say TQ. I realize that some yeah. people say Teku, ah. um, potato, potato. Mm-hmm. They're really cool beer glasses. Um, I expect they're going to be available in the store this sometime around American Thanksgiving, yep. Christmas season. Buy huge. your cousins, <laughs> friends, yourself a cool yep. present. Yep. Um, they're going to be coming out. He's doing some stone uh, coaster sets and beanies, which almost every male fem- member of my family is going to be getting for Christmas yep. presents. Easy. Done. It's cold out. Cover your ears. That's look right. cool. Untap beanies. Boom. Done. Yeah, that's um, new stuff. I'm excited about it. So these are all these are all should, this should be live in the store. It's going to be a while after this podcast gets released towards the end of November. Um, they're going to be live in the store. Check them out. 
um, you know, again, the greatest gifts you can give is the one that you give yourself. But sometimes you have to buy <laughs> gifts for other people. And if that's the place that you go for your Christmas shopping this year, store.untap.com, check out. Uh, use the coupon code podcast and save 20%. 20% podcast, 20% off. Type it in there, check out, and they'll take care of you guys. But, yeah, I'm excited about the glasses, the beanies, all that good stuff. Still have some hoodies in there, new hats. It's a, always something new at the store. So thanks for that, Robert. Awesome. All right, let's jump back in here with some stories from the Drinking Socially Facebook group. If you're not a part of this Facebook group, get on in there. It's a lot of fun. We have a blast every week. I'm excited to see the response from last week's episode with the pumpkin beers and uh, our first homebrew recipe, which if you haven't seen yet, go ahead and check that out. It's uh, talked about in the Facebook group, but also you know linked on the previous uh, uh, episode the recipe to the pumpkin beer we uh, we dreamed up that you can actually ferment inside a pumpkin. So if you're looking for some last minute, what do I bring to mom and pops for Thanksgiving dinner? The gift you made yourself. That's right. Just bring them an old rotten pumpkin full of beer. No, don't do that. <laughs> Just read the recipe. <laughs> use, use Harrison's recipe. <laughs> There's more to it than that. Don't be that guy serving spoonfuls of beer out of a pumpkin head. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but anyway, um, and, and that's just one thing. Don has a much more to update us about with, from, uh, from the group this, since we last checked in there. Yeah. Uh, so a couple highlights that I want, uh, that I wanted to highlight, let's yes. use the same word twice as again. many as you, what time as you want. Jack. Um, one, that one that caught my eye recently, and I think this is a great share. Uh, Daryl joins the group. Uh, of course he gave Harrison and I a shout out. So that's a great way to get some love back. Um, but Daryl mentions that he actually used Untapped to find Rosemary's Baby, uh, which was one of the requested Boom. pumpkin beers that we couldn't get our hands on, and said, thanks for letting me know that you can use Untapped to do that. Oh, yeah. So, heck yes, I think is what I have to say. Um, but uh, a celebratory congratulations and exclamation for you, Daryl. Honestly, I so Harrison and I work at Untapped uh, full time. We do the podcast for fun. It's more than that, but yeah. it is a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. And we've got some great stories and ideas and feedback from from you listeners. So one thing that I always just kind of took for granted is that everybody use Untapped the same way that I do. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go through. Let's search for if I'm an Untapped user. Um, and I want to try this Lenny Boy Seduction Series beer. Yeah. So typically, most untapped users are familiar with checking into a beer where you have the beer in your hand, you scan the barcode, or you type the name, and you go and check it in. Ultimately, through any of those processes, you're going to end up on the beer page, Lenny Boy Seduction Series number one, right there in green. You can check this in. A little bit kind of right next to it, you can. there's like almost like the GPS logo where you can click find it. Mm-hmm. And as long as your permissions are turned on and your phone can use your GPS, it's going to ping where you are and it's going to pull up any verified locations on Untap that have that beer on your menu. So whether you're looking for pumpkin or rosemary's baby or if you're Rob Reinsmith and you're looking to finish your Trappist uh, Conquest, 
I'm pretty sure, maybe not, Rob, where you live, but Spencer is the only American Trappist brewery. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. look for Spencer on Untap. Click find it. If you're as lucky as I am, you're actually your local bottle shop or my local bottle shop keeps Spencer on the shelf all the time. Is is the only American Trappist brewery. Sure. Anyways, now that I'm back off the tangent. Use Untap that way. If there's a beer you hear us talking about or your friends right. talking about or you see you, that you want to get your hands on from Instagram, search for it on Untap. Click find it. If it's available, you can see it, I think, up to 50 miles away. I think it's 75 Se- now. 75 yeah. if you want to travel that far. Yep. If you can't find it, put it on your wish list and Untapped will let you know when that local bottle shop or bar, if they ever put it on their menu, mm-hmm. you'll get a ping randomly two months later. I, this happened to me today. Omnipolo's yeah. peanut butter and jelly gosa Ooh. just got tapped nearby where Harrison and I live. Here we go. And I said, hey, guess where we're going? Field <laughs> trip. Um, so that works out <laughs> well, too. Use Untapped to find beers. Put it on your wish list if it's not available. And I think I put that beer on my wish list over a year ago. Mm. And now it's just finally reaching now it comes this to you, area. And right? here I am Finds going to you, drink man. a peanut butter and jelly beer in a couple of days. I know. It's exciting. I love using it like that, too. You never miss out on what you're trying to find. I had one pop today, too, for a beer I've been following for a little bit um, that uh, I think comes out seasonally. I can look back and see which one it was. But, um, yeah, I love that. It just kind of helps you, at the end of the day, realize, all right, if I'm going to get a beer somewhere, let's go and grab something you really want. And uh, and that's what Untapped just kind of does now. It's I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I remember um, in, in kind of explaining to my mom, um, <laughs> here we go, um, John, what do you do now? And I said, work for Untapped. And I kind of explained it like it's like the Facebook of beer kind of because everybody knows what Facebook is. Yep. But uh, I mean, really with uh, with as many locations, bars and restaurants and bottle shops and grocery stores and movie theaters that are putting their beer menu on Untapped, that's become almost my favorite part of it now is that I can just quickly jump on and search for a beer. And if it's anywhere near me, I know about it so I can make my weekend plans mm-hmm. that way. Yeah, no, that's great. Cool. This is great. Um, what else we got? On the other, on another note, uh, Michael comes to us and says he, he wasn't aware of untapped supporter program. Harrison and I mentioned that you could rate beers by tenths of a bottle cap instead of quarters, like a right. 0.10 ratings. So That's Michael new. got our attention because, again, he tagged Harrison and I in the check-in and said, thanks for introducing me to the supporter program. So the, just a kind of a background, the way that works, the untapped supporter program, it's really just, I mean, it's a paid, you're paying to be a supporter on untapped. And there's, uh, you know, you earn some flair. There's a badge you can earn. Mm -hmm. The I think the cool part is, like, one, it's really neat. Like, Untapped tries to put that, like, that's how we make the app better. But without going down that rabbit hole, um, two really easy benefits on being an Untapped supporter. When you leave a comment, when you check into a beer, you get twice as much space. Kind of like Twitter. You can just leave a longer comment. That's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I, you, I, I tend to write really long right. emails Why not? and beer comments, so I use that often. The rating system, um, if you're an untapped supporter, you can now you can rate a 4.1, a 4.2, a 3.7. Um, so that's kind of fun as well. 
Um, and you also get, which I use most often, uh, some analytics about beers. Where have you checked in? What beers have you checked in for the last week, month, year? That's really cool to kind of, you can download that and you can get really nerdy and spreadsheety like I am. Um, so that's really cool. Um, for those of you that aren't aware of the untapped supporter program. Um, and then lastly, for people that join the Drinking Socially Facebook group, one of the questions we ask you is just um, kind of, what's the story of the first craft beer you had? And there's a few members in this group. I'm not going to read through all of them, but some of them that really stuck out. uh, Joseph joined the group and said, you know, I'm 50 years old and I just started drinking beer about a year ago and Untapped helped me understand what I drank I learned about breweries in Tampa, Florida, learned about Cigar City, places to go. I I mean, that's awesome. First of all, Joe, at 50 years old, welcome Welcome. to beer. Welcome to it. Um, It's never too late or too early to get, well, arguably it could be too early to get started (laughs) under certain circumstances. Check your local laws. (laughs) But uh, uh, legal things aside, heck yes, Joe. I'm glad Untapped helped you find some kind of if, if you came into craft beer today, there's mm-hmm. it's probably dizzying. It probably is kind of overwhelming to ghosts, figure out. IPA, right, where blonde, do you start? Sour, sour blondes. Where, <laughs> I don't know what I want. I'll pick. You know, right. hopefully there's. I think it's cool if Untapped can help you find the or the, maybe you don't like IPAs. Untapped should help you discover that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another story that I got from Steve, um, and he says after years of teasing friends who used to bartend at a local campus for generic beers um on midnight on his 21st birthday he came in and had a sam adams um a lot of people kind of accredit sam adams as their first craft beer just Mm -hmm. holy cow i can't believe there's that much flavor in there um so we see sam adams blue moon comes up pretty frequently in people's kind of first craft beer sure story um, the last one I'll mention, and I'll, I'm sorry, I'll butcher this name. I'm going to read it as, is Javi or maybe Javi. Um, in my defense, Javi's from Spain. And again, probably not pronouncing it right, but great. Uh, his, his first craft beer was actually in his hometown craft beer festival. Mm. He was 19 because Spain's a little bit more relaxed than we are. <laughs> um, since then, the Spanish craft beer market has evolved quite a bit, and you're absolutely oh, yeah. right. There's some amazing oh, yeah. uh, artisanal craft breweries in Spain. Um, I'm trying to think. It's I want to say it's Black Dog or Black Lab is one that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, but honestly, it's it's usually it's Harrison and I that read those stories, and they kind of inspire us and and remind us of how people are using Untapped differently. Um, or maybe how you came to find this. I think at the end of the day, everybody's first craft beer story is a little bit different. Maybe where you are right now on your journey. Maybe you're obsessed with pale ales. Sure. Um, or Marzen's, and you wish Oktoberfest was a never longer end. season. Never but. end. I'm with you there. <laughs> That's how I feel. But at the end of the day, I think it's I think it's great um, to just kind of you know have a place if Untapped is your social media. Um, to have a place to just talk about something that, that you do for fun. It's a great hobby. It's a great profession. Um, but at the end of the day, it's cool to be able to share your beer story with uh, hopefully your friends. Yeah. 
and, and all of us on Untapped. It's great. Cool. Well, thanks for that, John. There's a lot of fun stuff in there, as always. So, again, if you're not part of that group, look us up on Facebook. It's a closed group. Don't worry, though. Come on in. We'll let you in there. And you don't wanna, have to tell us your right. favorite story. But if you want to, if you got a funny one, we've seen a lot of those, too. Uh, and We've shared our own. Um, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, come on down, check it out. It's a fun community. Um, that's very active uh, in a good way. All right. So I'm going to take untapped consumer updates this week. Got a couple cool badges to talk about. First things first is international stout day is if you're listening to this on the day, this podcast is released on the 6th of November. This guy is happening tomorrow on the 7th of November, 2019. It always happens uh, on the uh, the first Thursday of November. It's been around since 2011. Don't know who started. It's kind of some mystery there. But celebrate the stout, a beer we're still enjoying, John and I, right now. Very much so. <laughs> Very Stick much with so. me for Even a while. More. Right, exactly. Uh, firing up the, the the skillet and making some waffles, dude. <laughs> um, and you know, a little tidbit about Untapped Guinness is one of the well, not most, not just most well known stouts, but also one of the most checked in beers on Untapped, which is you know it's of course a stout. So, um, but of course you know stouts come in all different shapes and sizes and colors now. If you've had a white stout before, that's kind of a wild experience. But whatever you have, if you have one handy. On the seventh, so tomorrow. Again, if you listen to this today, check one in. But it's never a bad time for a stout. We can talk about that in another podcast. I really like them in the summer. It's like a cold brew coffee for the evening. But um, that's happening. Got a badge for it. So go ahead and don't forget that. If you got one you're sitting on, maybe tomorrow's the day to pop it out of the cellar. And then next up, a lot of badges coming. The Veterans Day badge. And the Veterans Day is always celebrated on the 11th of November. In some places of the world, this is referred to as Armistice Day or Remembrance Day, um, which originally celebrated the end of World War One on the 11th hour of the 11th day, 11th month. You've probably heard that quote if you were awake in, 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 uh, in, in middle <laughs> school history. history yeah. Right, <laughs> exactly. I'm sure some old guy in some tweed jacket said that to you one day. Um, and anyway, it's coming on up. And if you guys don't know, I'm actually right now in the room with a veteran. John is a veteran. John. Correct. <laughs> right um, I uh, enlisted in the United States Army as a young 17-year-old kid out of high school. <laughs> um, and aside from keeping this a drinking, socially focused podcast, i just like to say Thank you, um, or or honestly, like, if you're a veteran, if you know a veteran, sometimes thank you can be misconstrued. But at the end of the day, some of the greatest men and women yeah. that I still know today are people that I met in the service. I learned a lot about traditions across the world. It was, for a 17-year-old kid, not something I was ready for. Mm. Um, but it was it was still years and almost decades later now, um, part of what made me who I am today and one of the most valuable learning experiences of my whole life. Yeah, so we thank you, John. And uh, yeah, so tag them in all your check-ins, guys. If you're grabbing that, <laughs> grab, grabbing some beers for Veterans Day, earning that badge. Uh, and, and thanks, John, yourself. 
But uh, yeah, that's always a fun one to grab. And that's happening. That's happening this year. You can grab that badge. Um, let me see. Let me pull this up for us. Um, I believe from the 9th, so that's Saturday before, through the 12th of November 2019. So um, got a little bit cover the weekend there um, and into the into the work week too. So I've got some, plenty of time to grab some beers and celebrate with all of us over here. I actually have an untapped group of mm. some of the guys that I served with. Oh, uh, we don't keep in touch all the time, but it is really cool just to see people um, that you know I, that I remember from. You know, it, it is really a cool bond, yeah. um, and it is on Untapped. You can kind of group up some of your friends, so um, that's pretty cool. If you have any veteran friends, tag them on check in, inter- introduce them to Untapped. It's there a pretty. You go. Uh, functional form of social media, and most veterans I know don't mind uh, a good <laughs> pint once in a while. Yes, beautifully said. And we'll fin- finish up with an update on the Untapped's ninth anniversary. So, in case you didn't see from your recent check-ins, Untapped is nine now, which is pretty wild. Um, that we're almost a decade old and grown like crazy. We're up to more than eight hundred million check-ins on untapped more than 7 million users a pretty impressive and you know fantastic untapped community we've built all over the world here um and so to celebrate that we had this great badge that ran from the 22nd to the 27th of october this year and it was checked in more than half a million times so that's pretty cool so if you're out there celebrating and saw that pop up thanks for celebrating with us it's been a wild journey uh, for not just John and I, but everyone involved in Untapped, has been very cool to see this get as big as it's become, and see all the things it does now, and and also know as we do from the somewhat visibility, some of the visibility we have behind the curtain of what's coming next, all the fun things Untapped has in store. It's going to be a pretty exciting tenth year of existence we have lined up to be sure. So um, keep your eyes on everything we're doing. But yeah, more than half a million people, which is. Uh, pretty cool to see that uh, that party going on all over the world and speaking of party around the world yeah. greg our illustrious bathrobe <laughs> founder here at untapped um or co-founder him and, and tim kind of built this bridge so many years ago uh greg was at the pony bar and eli cannon's mm-hmm. kind of having uh, a little get together which are uh, at least Pony Bar, I think, is still part of the Founders Hangout it badge. Is, I believe so, yeah. Um, and Eli Cannes is an amazing, amazing beer bar in Middletown, Connecticut, that I think has a wait list for their mug club akin to, like, the wait list for Steelers season tickets. Like, yeah. it's really long. <laughs> I had a friend text me recently being like, I finally got in. I finally am out. And he's, like, you know, older than I am. And I think he's probably waiting on it for, like, 10 years to, to have his own mug. So an, an amazing... Uh, beer bar with a ton of history and a great following um, uh, as well. So two pretty cool places to celebrate, to be sure. And so after um, the obviously untapped, like there's w- one thing I'll make mention to is that the badge of voting, I think is going to be closing up probably around the end of November. I'm not sure of the actual date, but if you haven't gone on and voted for, you know, badges are really fun. Um, I hate to admit it, Sometimes they motivate me. Sometimes they just get excited after I earn them. Sure. Uh, but they're a great part of Untapped. And if you haven't voted yet, there's some pretty cool ones uh, that you can vote for on Untapped. Um, but from there, uh, Harris and I are going to kind of talk about and really 
an opinion because I think ratings are the most subjective part of Untapped. Um, but just kind of talk about our view on ratings, mm-hmm. why they're part of Untapped, or or why we feel that ratings are, are an exciting part of Untapped. It's been asked a few times uh, through various social media channels, um, and I think it's it's. I mean, everybody rates differently. Everybody kind sure. of holds them themselves or their friends to a standard. Um, I know if I was a brewer making a beer, I would view the rating system much differently than if I was uh, first discovering what hops are and checking into beers. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna build my fort in that everybody's rating is their own personal view of that beer, mm-hmm. and that's what's so valuable about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's tons of ways you can look at it. I, I've had a, a, I have a unique, I guess you could say, um, uh, experience or view of the ratings because I've been on both sides of it. I, you know, have made a lot of beer that exists in Untapped and is still being brewed now by other people, but beers that I either created or brewed for years or whatever it may be and checked in and or decided not to check in, and of course have been a untapped user of checking checking other people's beers, and um, yeah, so it's I mean there's a couple anecdotal stories real quick. First up, I brewed a, a wedding beer, a stout for my uh, when my wife and I got married. That I really, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a stout's talking about stout's good. That's, that's really yeah, cool, sure. actually. It was an, yeah, it was an, uh, it's an, I can, it wasn't an Irish dry stout. It was just like an American style stout, but it was very sessionable. It was like four and four and seven percent. Lots of flaked barley in it. We had a blast brewing it um, uh, with my buddy Frank at the uh, Southport Brewing Company in Connecticut. Um, but he, uh, we enjoyed it, made it. It was on their menu for a while, um, and I loved it and would see people check it in, and some people did, some people didn't. Some, and it's always funny to look at that stuff and see you know, the guy that says, this is great, and then leaves the three bottle caps, or the guy that says nothing and it's five, or the guy that says nothing and it's one, or you know, whatever it is. So um, you know, at that point, it didn't really bother me. I knew what it was. I, it was what I wanted it to be. And uh, and could tell when I drank it that this was you know hit the mark for us and everyone else's opinions on it is just their own and I was never looking at it like uh, it's gonna mess up this beer's <laughs> overall rating or any of that stuff and it never really truly never really entered my mind it was just for me kind of an interesting social experiment of like well what is I mean obviously everyone's taste you know everyone perceives taste differently and has different reference points to you know, everything. And if you don't like, not forget about beers. If you don't like coffee and maybe stouts, you won't like them at all. Cause there's lots of similar flavors there to coffee. You know, again, it's all about where you come from before you drink that beer that really uh, imparts your, uh, your perception of it. And a more kind of, I guess, um, uh, dramatic example of this is I also helped brew a beer that won, the bronze for smoked style beer, I believe, in the Great American Beer Festival. That was the nice. category. Roush? At, at, yeah, it wasn't. It was a Bomberg style smoked lager, so it wasn't technically a Roush okay. beer, but very similar. And I helped brew it, and it, and the ratings were like all over the place. This beer, and that's obviously a polarizing beer. If you don't know what we're talking about. It's like a smoky beer, and some people think it tastes like barbecue or like 
cigarettes or a you know an old hotel room or whatever and a number of people are like this is amazing and it tastes like barbecue and I, I'd imagine you didn't have a lot of oh this is a three medium right. it's either one or the right. other on that yeah. and to, to know that it stood out as you know one of the top three to you know pe- again people who are trained to drink beer and know what this style is supposed to taste like uh, that it stood out to be one of the three best ones they had was really cool and it kind of Again, when I worked at the breweries, I mean, we as brewers never really, I was not looking at untapped and saying, oh, that guy is going to drop us from a 3.95 to a 3.94 from those check-ins. Like I was never, it just never was there in my head. I was much more like, oh, that's interesting. Or that guy, I know that guy, that guy's an idiot. Or, you know, whatever, (laughs) (laughs) whatever it was. Would you guys in, in, and obviously every brewery is different, every collaboration is different, every beer is different, but would you guys place any value on maybe not like, oh, Joe gave us a five-star, this is going to be great, versus Larry gave us a one, we got to ruin this, throw it all away. Like, that's cool. Larry versus Joe and John versus Harrison, those singular opinions shouldn't matter much, even if they are like written and and, and maybe somebody says, I really hate this beer. (laughs) Sure. That's hard to turn your cheek to, but would you ever place much value in the mass? Like if 10,000 people said, this is a great pale ale, you know, is, is there value in that for a brewery to, to read the ratings that way? Or is it more just like we make our beer the way we, and, and I know you can't sure. answer this question for every brewery. Sure. So, um, you, no, right. Absolutely not. But I, I will tell you kind of just from the, the three or so breweries I've worked at, um, what we, where it kind of fit in our, I guess, assessment of ourselves and, and all that stuff. And really it was, you're right. It's kind of interesting. If you're a, a chances are, if you're a brewery that, that you, and you know what you're doing and you're getting enough check-ins, I mean, not like, you know, five or six check-ins from five or six people, but you're getting enough of a, a volume of people drinking your beers, then it's either the ratings are either going to be very, very good or mixed. Like it's very rare to have a brewery that again, it knows what's going on to have like a ton of reviews that just send that beer down the gutter because if that's happening, then which should have been, then something's probably wrong with it. And that should have been caught like somewhere in the quality control process like that. So it's either from my experience, it was either directionally very good or mixed and some people liked it, some people didn't and that's fine. So when you know that, that it's like either everybody loves this or eh, this is kind of a beer that people talked about a lot um, that, you know, that kind of, it, from my experience, didn't really, it kind of showed us that it's it's good at showing us what people like, and that's it. It's hard. It was never, we never had a beer that like just dove down into the gutters. It was either people, again, love something or they were different varying opinions. But again, directionally, it was overall very, you know, was positive. So separate from all of that and really kind of what I think made the, the biggest difference in terms of how we just approached everything was that we were always trying to be the best brewery possible. So outside of what anyone said on Google or Yelp or Facebook or on tap, we had internal, you know, goals we wanted to meet and standards we wanted to hold ourselves to. And 
achieve that by having tons of staff training and a really great lab. And we invested in that and people to be in there to make sure things are working the way they should and having really great training that I got to like head up as I finished my brewing career as being in charge of making sure that I passed down the right way to do everything. And so when you have those systems in place and you're holding yourself to a higher standard and you aren't, and you're lucky enough to have someone that we did that, and each where I worked at that was um, a very someone who also you know knew that if they didn't put out something good, then they didn't want to put it out. Um, that like you didn't have to. This was not something you looked at and put a put like a, a ton of ton, more weight than is appropriate into. I guess is the best way of saying it because you were focused on other things. And you knew if you worked those kind of gears and moved your processes along that things would just keep getting better and better. It is nice to, again, kind of like see which way the wind is blowing when you're looking at on tap for your newer beers. And I will say that, again, like it really it influenced us on like some of the IPAs we put out on smaller batches. We would jump right into those reviews and kind of run through it and be like, all right, what are people saying? And again, like almost every time we did that, it was directionally very good because before we even made that beer, it was, we vetted it and we did a lot of stuff to make sure. So that you're making a good worked. beer, but you might right. be using it to say like, do Should they like the mosaic going? single hop right. or the galaxy single right. hop, which one gives a better response right. yeah. and, and then go from there and get bigger. Right. Right. But that's kind of how, as I remember we did it, but it was, there's so much that happened before that, that it really was just to confirm if we should brew more of this, more often or just do it every once in a while. So I, I, I love you for, and I know this again, editorialization sure. opinion piece. I can't expect every brewer to uh, agree or, or view it in the same way. Of course, every, again, every brewer is different from the user side on the rating scale like when i first began rating on untapped again I mean, my wife accuses me of being ocd is the way she says it and and she says it in a way that you know i feel like i've already like messed up but um <laughs> but she she makes a good point i met her she said you know, we went out to a bar and I, I said, you know, I don't mean to get on my phone, but I just check this beer and I use untapped. And she says, oh, yeah, I do, too. <laughs> so, again, uh, many, many, <laughs> many easy decisions were made in asking her to marry me. <laughs> but um, I remember then jumping into like, all right, so here's my rating scale. Like one, you have to take a picture. It doesn't count. Two, three <laughs> means this is a good beer. I would drink it again. I right. would if it's less than three. That means I I would generally seek a different alternative. If it's a pale ale that I gave a two, that means I'm going to look for any other pale ale. If it's above <laughs> a three, if it's a four, that means I'm going to seek it out. Right, if it's above right. a four and a half, that means I will leave my house to go get it. And you know, I had this really black sure. and white system, and now here we are where. You know, you can rate intensive of a point if you're a supporter, yep. and things have changed quite a bit. And my life, I'm 37 now, is a little bit less black and white than it used to be. <laughs> a lot of times, I will check into a beer and not even provide a rating. 
maybe yeah. and for me when, when i learned if you do that if you check into a beer and you say oh my god this is amazing the cinnamon comes through and i mm-hmm. can't wait to have another mm-hmm. and you tag where you bought it from and you put some descriptors in there and you don't provide a rating that doesn't negatively affect the beer rating it just it's you checking into a beer without giving a rating so once i learned that i started to do that more often especially in a bottle share where i might be six years in that's a good point and this is a cloudy opinion and i don't want to just blanket (laughs) fives because i'm imbibed now right so i'll just check it in and leave the rating blank um i know i had uh, uh, a drinking socially facebook group member ask me that which kind of catapulted this discussion sure and so again it's subjective i would rate this burial beer a hundred like this is amazing i would leave my house to go get it i would drive two states over if i could buy a couple bottles sure um, so I would rate that really highly because when Untap notifies me that it's available, I want to quickly be able to click on my phone and see that I gave that a five. Mm-hmm. That means mm-hmm. even if it's been two years, I want to know immediately that beer's worth chasing. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of the basis of my rating system. It's totally subjective. If I didn't like cinnamon, this beer wouldn't, I would just check it in and not rate it. Right. Um, but I do, and I love this burial beer and, and and this Lenny boy beer. Like I want to be able to use that rating as a way for me to remember how much I liked it. Sure. Yep. Absolutely. And that's how I use it as a user, a pretty much the same exact way you mentioned it where I'm looking, I, I am using this because I know I have had a lot of beer and we'll have a lot more and I don't want to fill my brain with that information of what i liked or didn't like and i don't have to because untapped exists so i can literally look up a beer and i do it almost every time i go to a beer store now where i go this that logo looks kind of familiar have i had this before yeah type it in oh oh i really liked it and this is canned last week oh, i'll grab it again and it's like that little that, that's great that's you know and it's you could and i used before untapped i i had notebooks little notebooks i put yep. in my back pocket yep that I the went moleskin. around. There you go. Fancier than me. I had the little, <laughs> like the little Walmart kind of like you know cardboard front and back little notepads, but um, you fit in your back pocket. But before, because again, like I was, I've been brewing beer since before Untapped existed, so I had to have a way of kind of when my journey began of okay, I'm doing this now. I'm going to be a brewer, and the joke is an easy one to make of every time I bring, drink a beer, I'm working, I'm doing research. Uh, it was kind of true where I was like, all right, well, what is in this? What am I tasting? Can I pick this hop out? What do I think this is? And I used to go to other sites before Untapped again was around to kind of see like, all right, well, what is in this beer? Look it up at the brewery site or, you know, and that, and that's kind of how I built my own palate in terms of being able to pick out different malts and different hops and, and all those things. And as a notebook, as a journal, untapped is is great for that especially as you get new hops and especially malls and different ways of brewing and the whole um you know how popular sour beers have become there's so many different flavors out there and a style that you may always like like say a a new england style ipa is brewed very different ways and tastes very different based on where it is and what's in it and who made it and all that stuff and it's not enough just to know now that Oh, that's an IPA. It'll probably be good. You kind of need to know a little bit more, and Untapped helps you see that again, like directly, whether it's your own review 
What I like most, and when I use it as a user, I look at if I've reviewed it, then I look at what my friends have said. And it's almost like, for me, like movies. Like I'll jump on to, before I go to the movies, there are five guys I trust that are professional critics that I'll look at what they say. I'll look at the Rotten Tomatoes first. Yep. And then I'll see, all right, who are my five guys? What do they say about this movie? And that's kind of what I put most value in. And I have same deal, friends on tap that I know our pals are similar. And I'll look at, oh, do they have this beer? What do they say? So it's very useful. Keep in mind, like all everything I just talked about has nothing to do with like be, the thought process of because I rate this beer this way, it's going to do this to that brewery's rate on untapped. Like I think, and I might be wrong here, John, but I think that it's very, it's two different worlds that look connected because obviously when I rate a beer that affects that brewery's rating but I don't think most people that use untapped think about it like that I think they're thinking this is what this is how much I like or dislike this beer and the value of that really exists in like your friend circle and untapped your own memory your notebook and it's not like oh these guys are horrible I'm going to give them a half bottle cap just to show them my two cents. Those people exist. Jerks are everywhere. But I really think, I mean, and again, how I use it is more about a reference point for myself and my circle of friends so that I can have kind of a shared knowledge base with people I trust about beer. And that's as far as it goes as I make that rating. And again, I know and we all know that it's connected to that brewery page, but it's not what I, it's not what drives me to rate something that at all. I, I totally agree. When I consider my rating, I honestly, I I gain a lot of joy when I see one of my untapped friends, like the majority of people maybe gave it a three, four, three, five or Mm -hmm. something. And, and I'm like, man, this beer's, I love it. I gave it a four and I enjoy seeing that difference. But, but I agree with you so much in that if I'm going to judge or look at a rating and place value on that. If I'm drinking um, an an English uh, bitter, mm-hmm. I'm gonna look for Harrison and see what he thought of it because he's my <laughs> resident expert on English bitters. Yep. If I'm looking for a New England IPA, I'll judge and see what all my friends said. And I'm looking for people that that actually said juicy, tropical, pineapple. Right. When right. I see people saying that, that means more to me than anything to say, all right, this is definitely one I want to try. Yeah. Um, and if me and all my untapped friends and all the other 10,000 people that rated this beer said it tastes horrible, then right. yeah, I might say, all right, cool. I'll get a different mm-hmm. beer. Um, cause I've yep. uh, yeah, 10,000 people's opinion weighs a lot. Uh, but generally yeah. when I use untapped, I, I, I use it for my own benefit, mm-hmm. right? I want to sure. be able to see when, when we check in these beers, when we do the podcast or when we're drinking on the weekends, I'm often looking at and seeing what my untapped friends had of this beer mm-hmm. when I had it last year. Sure. Um, one of the, a quick little story in reference to Harrison and my own old notebooks, uh, which <laughs> if you're young, you may not, you may not have ever even had a notebook, but the, um, I, I was at a anniversary dinner recently with my own wife and mm-hmm. we were sitting next to another couple 
uh, serendipitously that were uh, celebrating their anniversary as well. They were about uh, maybe 15 years older than us. And uh, I started talking with a gentleman and he was asking me about, they just moved here and asking me about the local beer scene. And I said, oh yeah, you got to check out this place and that place. And do you use Untapped here? Follow this place. And he asked me what Untapped was and immediately pulled out his notebook. And he had beautiful handwritten notes hmm. about Sweetwater 420 and every pale ale and IPA he drank for the last year, where right. he drank it, where he bought it from. Yeah. Um, so this was great. I showed him untapped, and, and, and it was it was such an awesome experience to see him. Basically, this is a digital notebook, and I said, yeah, you keep it on your phone. Yeah. It's, you can bring it with you, add mm-hmm. your friends. So it was, re- it was a really exciting conversation. And, and again, even in his notebook, mm-hmm. uh, l- literally pencil and paper, he was rating these, you know, right. like plus, minus, would drink again. And I think that's an important part of Untapped. Um, whether it's the specific beer or the style, I'll throw one more shout out here to the supporter uh, feature in Untapped. Or you can do this yourself with uh, just going through your old check-ins. Mm-hmm. But um, what I love is I can go through and say, like, show me the last 180 days of my Untapped check-ins. And it'll show me the styles I've drank the most, the, mm-hmm. where they came from. So that's one thing. Like if I would have checked this out two years ago, it would have been stout, stout, stout porter. And then maybe IPA, IPA, IPA. And right. as I look at it now, it's it's still very IPA heavy, but there's sours, there's Berliners in there. Um, so that's I, I really enjoy that again. I think spreadsheets are cool. So <laughs> there's, I mean, if you consider that, no, yeah. um, but I think it's, uh, I think it's really powerful, especially in a world where there's going to be 10 different beers by the time you even get done listening to this podcast that never existed before. Right. And yeah, you'll, right. You may never hear about, or yeah, maybe not more than that. I'll share one more story too, about kind of the radians. If you're, a, a brewery owner or work in a brewery and your, you know, ears are f- shooting out smoke listening to me say that, you know, yes, the, our ratings are connected to your brewery page, but we don't think about that when of course, you know, that as a business owner, if someone looks up your business online, they're going to see your Yelp rating and Facebook reviews and Google reviews and untapped reviews. And that, Indeed, as users of Untap, we are impacting what someone who doesn't know anything about your business perceives about it. Maybe on their first impression is the Untap page they land on, and our ratings are a part of that. That is absolutely true. What I'll offer, though, is a, a quick anecdote: is the kind of benefit of that true separation that is. I mean, it's well, not true. It's this perceived separation between what you're rating. Um, in your beer and, and how that allow for, compared to your experience versus the brewery's page, how that allows you as a user of Untapped to be really free in your rating, and that's very good. In 2015, this is very well published. You may remember if you've been drinking beer for a bit; it's only four years ago or so. Um, Goose Island released Bourbon County, and a couple of the different variants were infected. Right, so they had off flavor is in them, and they offered refunds, and that was all taken care of, and that happens. Won't dive too much into that, but a really unique kind of maybe under publicized 
part of that whole thing that happened was that they discovered that that batch of beer was infected because of untapped. Now, what they saw was in the corner of Kentucky, I think it was, there was a ton of untapped reviews coming out from their beer that all had the same kind of either negative reviews or comments about it, tastes weird, tastes sour, something's wrong with this, pocketed in one geographic area, and they saw that on untapped. And then said, oh, that's kind of interesting. It's statistically significant enough in terms of number of reviews that were kind of saying the same thing. Let's go to our lab and grab. And we know what we sent to that part of Kentucky to that wholesaler. We know what batch of beer it was. We've saved a case of that specific batch in our lab. Let's go pull it out. Let's do some tests on it. And sure enough, lactobacillus, which is one of the most common bacteria in the world, is everywhere. It's on you right now. I guarantee it. Don't worry, though. It's fine. Um, you're not beer. But uh, but um, was in there. And so they were able to discover that in the lab, go to that, you know, zone zone in on, zero in on where the problem was, isolate it, and then address it. But they wouldn't have seen that or be able to kind of get in front of it like they did if Untapped didn't exist. And those people wouldn't have reviewed that beer if they were thinking of anything other than their experience right there in that moment. And that provided a lot of value to that brewery. And that's a really big example. I've talked with, I don't even know how many breweries now who use it to see, you know, if they have an account that pours one of their beers and their reviews from that account, that venue page on Untapped is getting kind of weird reviews. Maybe they need to go down there and clean those lines. Or maybe there's a problem with that keg. Like it really allows you to provide a really great experience to the people that are enjoying your beer anywhere, make sure that it's being enjoyed the right way. If you're seeing some, again, directional tick that doesn't make sense, kind of take that for what it's worth and and do some compiling of information. Just look at those check-ins and see, all right, maybe this is worth investigating. And that allows you to build better relationships with your, you know, your partners that are pouring your beer, your you know, fans that are drinking it, all that good stuff. All that information's inside untapped. Um, and it wouldn't really be there if people, you know, weren't reviewing these things. So, um, I just love that story about untapped in this community that it was able to kind of, for one of the most followed beers ever in untapped, the most iconic beers that's really ever existed in Bourbon County was able to say, Hey, we, something's going on over here. And, you know, allow Gusan to, to make that, uh, correct and, and allow him to track that stuff forever. Um, and then of course hasn't happened since. So. Um, you know, uh, that's also really great too, just to kind of see that it, as I mentioned at the beginning, when you're kind of holding yourself to a higher standard, doesn't really, you know, you're, you're, you know, what, what's valuable and the weight to put on anything, whether it's your staff, your business, your systems, untapped Yelp, whatever. Um, it's kind of all in its right place. Uh, but yeah, I love those stories and it's all thanks to our community and, and kind of doing what they do best, which is checking beers and, and talk about it. And with that, I think uh, we're going to leave the untapped rating system as vague as it was when we picked it up. <laughs> but the hope is that there. you use it for yourself. Right. Sure. Um, and as long as Absolutely. it's untapped, as long as that rating system is providing any sort of value to you, it's doing its job. And the hope is that, yeah, maybe it can help. Uh, brewery zero in on maybe an infected keg that went out. That's great. But at the end of the day, it's it, it's built so that you enjoy using the app. Um, and so toast your friends, tag your veterans, and <laughs> keep checking in. 
For those of you that have listened through the end, just want to make you aware that the notes for this show uh, with links are going to be available at podcast.untapped.com. If you have questions or feedback, we welcome that. Uh, Head us up on social media. Go to Untapped on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Or you can connect with Harrison and I directly on our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash drinking socially. And we'll see you in two weeks. Cheers. Cheers.